News Review. Hey guys, and welcome back to the People's Podcast. This is the second episode of News Review. I'm Roderick. I'm Asin. I'm Marshall. Let's jump right into it. So, we're looking at three topics today. We're going to be uh, looking at the Trudeau SNC scandal. We're going to be looking at the school scandal in the United States. And we'll be also looking at the Boeing uh, 737 uh, MAX 8 aircraft uh, problem. Alright, so we're going to be talking about the Trudeau scandal here. Uh, this is, nothing is completely proven. A lot of it's hearsay for the moment, so keep that in mind. But there's a lot of strong evidence that what happened was uh, SNC-Lavalin was bribing uh, the dictator in Libya to do business. A somewhat fair thing to do, because to do business in Libya at the time, you pretty much had to play the game. However, they still you still need to enforce the law. And so Trudeau essentially wanted to give them a better deal, because how it was going to go was that they wouldn't be able to bid on any contracts in Canada or Quebec. And that would essentially put them out of business or be a massive damage to them. And Trudeau obviously wanted votes in Quebec, and he's an MP from Quebec, so it would have hurt him very badly had this happened. So his justice minister, Jody, uh, wanted to actually go with the law and do that. But he was pressuring her to kind of give them... Allegedly. Allegedly pressuring her to give them a remedial deal, it's called. So basically just say... Give them a slap on the wrist, essentially. It's give them less of a punishment. Yeah, because what Trudeau allegedly wanted Jody to actually offer him was a deferred prosecution agreement mm-hmm. instead of having them face the full extent of the law. Now, I think what we should really start asking is how big of an issue is this really for the uh, Trudeau liberal government and will it impact them in the next upcoming elections? Uh, Asin, what do you think? Well, I do believe it will impact them, but I also believe that this is not a big thing in a month or so it's just going to be blown over most canadians are probably going to forget about it and move on with their lives my big concern is how this is going to play out on the world stage and what it will do to canada's reputation in front of other countries especially saudi arabia and china and how they'll have some sort of conversational leverage over canada about uh, being soft on corporations which Trudeau, as as you said before, just slapped him on the wrist. It was not much well, he of a tried punishment. To. It should be noted, just to interject here really quickly, right. that they actually didn't get the remedial agreements. They, okay. they essentially got uh, the full-on punishment. All right. Okay. Well, I have to agree with Asin that in terms of Canadian voters, I don't think there will be too much of an impact, quite honestly. Because if we look at the latest polling on uh, calculated politics... We see that the Conservative Party has actually pushed ahead at 37% to 33.1% for the Liberals. Now, yes, the Conservatives are ahead in the polling, but you would have thought that a major scandal that would be election um, or devastating to the future election of the Liberals would have the Liberals losing massive support. I'm talking in the 20 percentage range. Instead, we see a drop of like 6 7%. And this is really like a knee-jerk reaction. So, like Asin said, this is a thing that will, I think will be a scandal for a month. And it may be brought up still, but in terms of actually impacting the government in the uh, long range in the future, for future elections, I don't think it'll have too much of an impact. But I do kind of see this as an issue because I'm a huge advocate for transparency in governments. I find that governments should be honest and should reveal all their dealings. Of course, that's not the case, and this is why governments tend to suck. And specifically in this example, 
I think it kind of reinforces a narrative that's been developing within Trudeau's cabinet of elitist and corrupt behavior. Like earlier, you had the, I don't want to use the word scandal with Bill uh, Morneau, but you had the ethical dilemma with his holdings overseas. So I feel, I see a reoccurring trend happening here and this kind of, well, is kind of uh, hypocritical to the liberals' narrative that they want to be a transparent and uh, open government when we have a lot of shady dealings like this happening. Well, I'll agree with Roderick on the fact that uh, Trudeau's administration has some uh, elitist tendencies to it, at least uh, with regard to the media. There was also, too, something he did mention, hoping a little earlier in the uh, administration, was that he went to an island with his family, and it was basically looked like he was just getting a gift from a millionaire, he got a free vacation at, on his island, and they had a lot of talking then. So there was a lot of uh, controversy about that. Uh, something I think we should also note is the evidence, like although it's allegedly, obviously, there's a lot of very strong evidence. Maybe we'll post this in the description, but I have a bunch of quotes in front of me and a bunch of testimonies that show that it pretty much happened. There may be some disagreement about what exactly was said, but it's pretty obvious that that is what happened. And uh, I disagree immensely on that this is going to be forgotten in a month. I think this is definitely going to come up on election. Uh, I think they discount the fact that right now the conservatives are trying to play the good guys and uh, not be too crazy about it. But uh, when election day comes, you can bet that all of these elitist things, especially this, is going to be coming up and they're going to be pushing it a lot. And that's going to be front and center in the uh, debates. And it'll be a top of mind for voters, I think. So I, I think it'll have more of an effect than we acknowledge. Well, actually, I don't have to disagree with you. I don't think the exact, the actual happening of the event itself, like uh, Trudeau's pressure, on, well, alleged pressure on Jody Wilson is actually going to be what would be remembered because I still don't believe this will be remembered all too well. But what could be is the aftermath. Like we had the, um, the what is it, the council today? This is uh, March 13th. And there was a council called to discuss the um, whole event, right? And the liberals quickly, quickly wrapped it up and they shut it down. And then all the uh, conservatives and the NDP members in the council were screaming, cover up, cover up. So I think if anything, if the parties were going to talk about how this is an issue, they would talk about the aftermath and how the liberals haven't handled it well and how they've been shutting media out, they've been trying not to discuss it, and they've been trying to minimize it. That's where I find you have a point. But the scandal itself, I don't think is that big of an issue. And another thing that I think we should really, really try to touch on is the fact that Jody Wilson were able to step down, which is kind of, I think, kind of momentous. If we we're going to talk about some of the issues in this, the fact that the minister actually stepped down points really poorly on Trudeau, don't you find, Asim? I do, too, because, like, it shows that she was... I do believe she was pressured, mm -hmm. even if it's alleged, allegedly uh, it claims, right? But she stepped down because she thought that she couldn't be doing her job anymore as a general attorney. Um, just going back a bit to what Marshall was saying about how some things will come up, I do believe some things will come up, but this might not necessarily be the most big thing. I do believe Trudeau's uh, promise to reform the election and then how he broke it will come up. I, th I see that as a big thing because uh, there's a website you can actually go on online and it shows you the promises that uh, the Liberal Party has uh, basically promised to do. To And there's some that shows you that they failed to do, some that they achieved, and some that they're currently doing or in the process of doing.
Now you can search it up online. You'll come up first thing and you can see for yourself the amount of promises that uh, the Liberal Party has failed to achieve. And the biggest thing would be the reformation of the election process. I agree. That's actually quite an interesting look at it. And uh, on top of that, to kind of further the point that I don't think this will hurt them too much, the Liberals weren't going to win a a majority government next election. I think we can all agree on that. But I still don't see a way that they possibly lose the next election. If we look at the other candidates, you have Andrew Scheer, who has the charisma of a wet paper towel and has no real stances besides (laughs) Justin Trudeau is bad. Justin Trudeau, bad man. And he just criticizes him and doesn't offer anything in rebuttal. Secondly, nobody really knows who Jagmeet Singh is. I mean, outside of people who are actually constantly involved and interested in politics. And even those, hell, I don't, I didn't even know the majority of his stances until a few months ago. So I don't find he's able to <clears throat> bring everyone together. And you also have to realize with a lot of things is a lot of people, not myself, but a lot of people are quote unquote uncomfortable with somebody religious leading Canada, I find it's kind of nonsensical, but those are views that have been raised by a lot of individuals, and we have heard it. It's a shame, and I'm not endorsing that mindset, but it's something we have to be conscious of. I think we should announce it, but it is apparent. The Green Party has no chance whatsoever. They only, they only have one, yeah, one seat. One seat. Yeah. Okay. But they are polling well in the Maritimes, mind you, but it is the Maritimes. <laughs> the green. And then we have the People's Party, which... I will probably end up voting for, let's uh, go and deregulate the economy, but I don't see them getting above 15% of the vote, and that's being generous. So, all this means is the Trudeau government will still win and still have a minority government, so this can't really hurt them that much. Uh, in my opinion, there's a few things to note. In, not only would did the, uh, Roger described it as monumentous, that the uh, justice minister and former attorney general kind of lost left cabinet but we should also note the health minister uh, jody's friend also left cabinet oh another big thing and uh, she left it explicitly because of what happened with jody and another thing to keep in mind is another uh, woman of color left uh, the liberal party pretty much just then she didn't do it for any reason related to the scandal according to her but uh, it still doesn't look good for Justin, and you can bet even if it wasn't li- related directly, it's going to be brought up in the election cycle. Uh, yeah, Roderick brings up a good point. Very poorly handled by Justin. He's just not making any statements. No one knows what's going on. It looks like they're just being silent, trying to cover it up, trying to smother the story. <clears throat> so yeah, I think that's going to be remembered quite poorly. And I think uh, when his election promises came up from last campaign, that's really going to be a big topic. Uh, speaking of campaigns, Justin Trudeau came in with his father's name. So obviously, yeah, there was a lot of clout that came with him. People knew him. But I don't think we should make assumptions about Andrew Scheer, for example, about all oh, people don't know him or what have you, when he hasn't even started his campaign. This is the most important part of uh, getting your name out there and promoting your policies. And yes, he hasn't started it. His campaign hasn't started. So I think this is a criticism that gets brought up a lot in Canadian elections. Where people will say, oh, well, you don't know the like the opposition leader's name. There's not enough known about him. And I think people forget, they have a short memory, that this is pretty much the case for most elections. It's not usual that we know everything about uh, the opposition party leader and everything they are proposing uh, this early in the game. Mm-hmm. 
That's so great. that's what's great about a free yeah. country, right? Yeah. Um, I hate to cut you guys off, but uh, let's move on to the next topic. Um, now we're gonna be talking about the Boeing uh, seven thirty seven uh, crashes, the Max eight aircraft. So two Max eight aircraft from Boeing have recently crashed, one in Ethiopia and one in. Indonesia, I believe. Yeah. Correct. Killing over 150 people in both crashes per the CBC. And this has caused a lot of countries to ground uh, planes, well, jets of that matter, including Australia, China, uh, Russia, and the US now, I believe, as well. Yeah, and Canada. And Canada. Canada yeah. So I want, I want your guys' feedback. How monumentous, how big, how detrimental do you think this will be to the company itself and to people's... Uh, confidence in the aviation industry well the people's confidence in the aviation in industry is famously uh they're famously underconfident of what they should be it's really quite safe to go on airplanes generally mm-hmm. yeah and people have a lot of fear about it but uh i don't think this will help it this will obviously uh hurt everyone economically however though uh, as some of you may know bombardier is a major airline manufacturer <laughs> in canada and though they're generally pretty incompetent and they always need money from the government uh, this might be an opportunity from for them. We'll see if they take take advantage of it. Uh, I doubt they will, but uh, they definitely have an opportunity here. We might see some good things in Canada because of this. Uh, and yeah, just the nature of this, if you don't know, is essentially two planes have crashed, and many pilots have been reporting that there is a problem with the plane when it's taking off. The autopilot uh, tends to put the nose of the plane down, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously not a good thing to do a nose dive as you're taking off. So. It's, it's, it's a problem when the, the pilots are not pilots are not being listened to and uh, the plane is being set off to its destination without the proper uh, maintenance to it. I feel like there should be ramifications against the country, the, the, the corporation or the, the company mm-hmm. that uh, that own these jet these jet flight flight I can't even talk uh, the Boeing 737s uh i feel like there's a, it's a big thing it's a big concern it, it affects so many people uh, a few members of the un have uh have been killed in these crashes a lot of i believe a whole family of canadian citizens and it's 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 it's, a, it's very serious it's very tragic, serious yeah it's very it's, tragic as well um one thing i do want to touch on is when we're talking about the ramifications, especially for Boeing, there is potential for a huge loss. Like if we look at the company itself, per Yahoo Finance, it has dropped over 40 points on its stock. Um, a drop from about a 420 to 377. So if we look at that, shareholders already see that this is a negative situation. And another thing is, with the first crash that happened in Indonesia, it was a software issue. The company had claimed that it had resolved it, but <laughs> the same issue arose in Ethiopia. So what this not only shows is that the company was negligent in the first place, it shows mm-hmm. that they yeah. were lazy and didn't properly take the time to reassure that the software had been saved. And when we go back onto Bombardier, I would rather disagree, actually. Bombardier has proved to be extremely incompetent, has proved to waste tax dollars time after time and fire employees and then proceed to give benefits to their <clears throat> to the CEOs and the board members. Corporate welfare should not be a thing, especially for companies like that. I'm going off on a bit of a divert. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm tangent right there. <laughs> My bad. But... Uh, uh, what I think this could more mean is there could be more potential for foreign airlines, not 
Bombardier, but maybe potentially Chinese or European, sorry, airline man, um, airplane manufacturers or jet manufacturers in foreign markets that aren't considered typical because <coughs> I think we're seeing the end of the United States' technological superior, superiority oh coming to an end sometime yeah, soon. No. Not, not, not immediately, mind you, but sure within, the, or later. within a few decades, I think it could be a much more level playing ground. Now, whether that's beneficial or not to all individuals remains to be seen, but I think this is just one of the many telling signs to show that United States technological dominance isn't as strong as we once saw it or knew it to be. Well, I think those are pretty grandiose, sort of unsubstantiated claims, so I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, on the subject of corporate welfare, I disagree with it as well. But the uh, justification in Canada, and uh, I think the most reasonable justification, has been that pretty much every other country or a major Western country that has an airline uh, does help it, help get its government to help it. So if you want to play the game, you need government support. So Sounds like communist I know. I, well, I definitely disagree with it. I wish it wasn't the case. <laughs> but if you need government support to play the game and it benefits Canada in the end, then I may be partial to it. you got to crunch the numbers, of course, to see, okay, well, how much does it make for us to play this game? And how much we're we spending to keep playing, but uh, I think there's definitely a possible justification. Uh, and we talked about ramifications for the company. Right. I'm pretty interested in ramifications for the government. So uh, I'm not necessarily saying their inspectors did anything wrong, but people will notice Canada was one of the slowest to act. Canada and the U.S. So I wonder if this will be used to uh, sort of uh, diminish the. Trudeau administration's response to this by saying you took a long time. Be. People's lives could have been endangered about this. I think it was fairly reasonable that they took this long. You need to consider the facts before you make a major decision about grounding airplanes, but I think there's definitely something that might come out of that. And uh, yeah, I mean, grounding one's planes, there's a uh, Boeing has actually had its planes grounded before, or I some major airline company I remember reading. And uh, though there was some uh, drop in revenue, it actually wasn't that detrimental to the company in the long run. So I think had Boeing just done that initially, or the government's all just done that initially before these things happened, we would have seen a less uh, intense response because now everyone knows Boeing has made this mistake. So we have this. This is going to be in people's minds for a long time. There may be significant effects on the company and the confidence in it. So I think this will have more of an effect than if they had just grounded it. Yeah, that's all I have to say on that. Uh, what about you, Aston? Honestly, like, there's not much to talk about besides this is being a really tragic, uh, tragic uh, time, yeah, for the aviation industry. But uh, one thing that concerns mm-hmm. me is like how this would be used as a political chip in the world stage. I know, Marshall, you said something about that earlier. Like, uh, do you really think they would use this against Canada, any other countries? To well, I was more... talk more bad about the Liberal Party. I don't think they'd use it. I don't think like you'd see another country talking about. It. I think domestically, the opposition may well say, "Look, Trudeau, you didn't handle this fast right. enough. This is okay. people's lives could have been at risk." Yeah. So yeah, I think there's definitely uh, something to be said there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, then. No. Well. Let's move on to the actual the uh, school scandal that was happening yeah. in the United States. Um, Aston, do you think you could give us a breakdown? Or? Uh, I know some about it, but I'll, I'll try my best. Uh, I believe what happened was that uh, there was a huge uh, 
investigation into the college administration admin admin admissions college admissions and what they uncovered was that the, a lot of rich people were giving uh were allowing were giving money to schools to allow their poorly their unintelligent children to pass through <laughs> their uh, pass through i remember reading it up and uh, uh one girl was given unlimited time on her sat test because her parents gave money to the teacher now that says a lot about uh, the educational system and how it needs reforms and how we're lacking on reforms to it but no political figure wants to do anything about it even in canada like no one wants to touch the education system or completely reform it so i don't know what, what do you guys think about it well first of all i think the only reasonable solution is to abolish the education system no no <laughs> well in all reality, this was actually extremely screwed up, and if anything, this pay, plays into a narrative that I've been developing that I find the United States overall to be extremely corrupt, and everything is pay-to-play, basically. Whether it's the government, whether well, that's it's... Life, right? I mean, well, not to a certain extent, in the United States, it's, uh, it's been kind of ex- extreme. 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 So, like, if we look at it, for example... The amount of money that was paid to the Mr. Singer who was organizing this operation called Varsity Blues. That's the, was, that's the yeah. investigation's name? Exactly. Right. According to NPR, the yeah. minimum that people would be paying him was 200000 Some amounts went as high as $6.5 What you have right there illustrates that the inequality to access education, especially with that. Like, if we have millionaires and people bribing people to bribe college officials and to falsify SAT results, to falsify ACT results, to falsify athletic ability, you have right from the get-go, you show a large inequality to access. Now, inequality exists and that's not my problem, but if you're making it that people cannot access services that have terms that are already laid out, I find it extremely, extremely disheartening. And considering ex- also because when some per- when one person gets a spot in the university, another person doesn't. That's not a problem. But if the people who are gaining those sp- uh, spots are off false merits, then it's extremely troublesome to me. Because as I've said before, I despite my libertarian leanings, I'm an extreme advocate for affordable education. Mind you, not free, but affordable. Because it shows, and you can check on the uh, <clears throat> CIA fact sheet, or you can check the Federal uh, Bureau of... Hell, any country will show that the average time, the longer average time spent spent in uh, schools, the more money on average the individual makes. Which once again, you spend more money, which is good for the economy. You pay more money in taxes, yada yada yada. Right? Okay, cool. So think about this for a few seconds. Considering that the average cost for an in-state student in the United States is ten k a year to go to a university, a state university, mind you, not one of the top not ones, or twenty five k for out of state. In comparison, for Canadians going to the this is the average in total this is between all the private and the public ones the average is approximately 7k for an undergraduate degree according to top universities so right now you're sh- you're showing and you're de- and you're demonstrating how unfair and how corrupt the United States education system is it's not necessarily about getting education but it's more about it's more about maximizing the profits and not assuring the best quality of education. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. I think, especially too, just to clarify what uh, Roderick is advocating in one sentence, and something a lot of people advocate, uh, especially on the right, is equality of opportunity. They don't care about right. the outcome, if, but if you are given the same chance to work hard, mm-hmm. and you're given an opportunity to do it, that's what's important. And I have to agree tremendously. Uh, like I'm a budget hawk as well. I don't like the government spending a lot of money, but it's something you have to spend money on. People need to be given that chance. Uh, this is definitely just a horrible incident. It definitely sheds light on something. Hopefully, uh, the United States can have some reform. And while this is mainly a United States issue, uh, we shouldn't necessarily turn away from Canada. Uh, a Vancouver school and Van- a Vancouver businessman was involved in the United States thing. But a Vancouver school is actually doing an investigation right now uh, in admissions as well. So it- there's definitely some uh, concern in Canada as well, though much less. It's good. It opens yeah. up dialogue for uh, yeah. other countries to think to themselves, like, do we have this kind of corruption happening in our own countries? But just in Canada, to give a comparison about the uh, difference in terms of cost, McGill University, considered one of Canada's best universities, if not the best, there's some debate if it's University right. of uh, Toronto yeah. or what have you, but for uh, a, like a reasonable degree, like a, a bachelor's in uh, McGill, it's about four point three thousand dollars a year, which is very cheap in comparison to mm-hmm. some of the best U.S. schools mm-hmm. by a lot. So it allows even poor people, if they work hard enough, they get a job. Maybe they take a couple of loans, get a bursary. They can do that. That's a workable solution for them in the best school in Canada. Yeah, mind you, education isn't always good things subsidized. Like if you look at Quebec, the majority of our education system is hogwash and terrible. Like we have the lowest high school graduation rate for men and one of the lowest for women according to statistics canada despite the fact that we pay the highest taxes in quebec but once you get to the university level affordable education really is important i find Mm -hmm. and subsidies actually work for once mind you for once (laughs) yeah but uh asin what else you have to say about this whole scandal in the states um we have to look at this. I think polit- politicians have to look at this. We have to think if there's any ways we can make any reformations to the education system. See what things are lacking, are old. I've heard from a teacher, a professor back in high school. She said that our educational system is years old, decades old, maybe like a hundred years old, two centuries old, and that we need to reform it. We need to have it equal like marshall said was it equal equal opportunity equal opportunities for everyone but that also means that uh, i do believe teachers should get paid uh more wages i also <laughs> i do uh, i do believe uh more amenities should be provided to schools to give uh to make it so that students learn in good environments and that they're that they, they can show the creative sides too because school shouldn't just be all theory. It should also be created creativity. And that's one thing that uh, society needs as much as we can get. So this is why I think reformation of mm-hmm. the educational system is required. I think one thing that I don't think we touched up enough on is the fact that we need to put pressure for more anti-corruption and anti-fraud laws to be put in place. And strengthening of that system necessarily itself because if you look at it a total of 
50 people, according to NPR, were involved in this scandal. That's a lot of people. And the fact that it was able to slip through. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, this was going on from 2011 to 2019. It could be more. Way more. So the fact that this was just discovered now, considering the amount of people and the amount of money that was funneled through this whole thing, is extremely distasteful in my mind and extremely embarrassing for any country. We've been talking about the ramifications for companies and countries this entire video. Well, I think, if anything, this should be quite a black mark on the United the States and, an edu- yeah. and its education system. I mean, I wouldn't feel quite confident in its ability. I wouldn't feel quite competent, uh, confident in its know-how or any future endeavors proposed. How can I trust where my funding's going if we're subsidizing research papers, if we don't even, if we, if we know that these schools can't even properly see and check people's, um, check people's, um, sorry, check people's applications to these schools. It's quite, quite an indictment. Well, just to sort of uh, touch on one of the broad issues we uh, talked about recently for the wages, I, teachers, it's true, do not make the most of any profession. However, they do get tenure, which is makes for a very comfortable living, a lot of job security for them, even if they're incompetent. And a lot of them on tenure are. Some of them are very competent, though. But I And they get a lot of vacation time. Keep in mind, when students are on vacation, the teachers are working some of that time, but their vacation time is very generous, even from the get-go. And you don't see that in a lot of other jobs. And the tenure is basically like pension, like a great pension. I mean, you can just keep working and not do much if you wanted to. So there's a lot of uh, positive things that I think teachers have. I don't, and of course, the government spends a lot of money. I think this money could be used more productively. Right. And though you could say, ideally, maybe the teacher should get some more money. I think uh, it's not the top of my priority list. Well, if we wanted teachers to get more money, and especially if you're advocating for that, then you'd be advocating for the privatization of schools because private school teachers do make more money. Yeah. I'm not necessarily advocating for the privatization of more schools, but if you are proposing something along those lines, Asin, then more, that uh, would be more... It's more focused towards like how cost of living is going up and how teachers can have salary well, that comes in... Uh, above it a bit so that they can live comfortably because i do believe teachers have the hardest job in the world and that's to raise leaders that's to raise leaders uh firemen police officers i think my heart sur- i think heart surgeons will engineers. disagree well well listen i, you, I mean you could, <laughs> we can definitely all agree that if a teacher is an excellent teacher and they put their heart so. and soul into it they can do a lot but you can also be a teacher and do pretty much jack right. shit. So yeah, no, it's not to say it's that, very difficult no, to differentiate. Okay, look, look, it's but. not to say that all that. Uh, look, if you're a teacher and you go to and you get your degree and you come and you uh, join a college and you're a professor now, you should be getting paid a good wage. Thank you, a lot of boy. Hold Teachers on, are an important is, profession. I they do they are a very important profession. Another thing I just want to say is that. What uh, the salary for a teacher in legislative high school is what thirty to forty thousand? It's around that ballpark. Ballpark, sure. If you go to if you're a teacher and you get your TSL certificate, or if you have a degree and you go teach in United Arab Emirates, and you're from Canada, they'll keep they'll make they'll see that as an accolade, and they'll give you a wage of around two thousand five hundred to five thousand five hundred dollars every month. Now times that by 12 that's still that's less money 
you could do the math. That's less if money. If you have a degree, uh, if you I have said, a degree, you get I higher you got, pay. You, you just said well, two and a half. I, I don't even care if it's more money. I think that's the lowest. I that's think, only if you have a TSL certificate. If you have and a also, degree, you have to you keep in mind, even higher. if you got paid higher, the cost of living in the United Arab Emirates is but more expensive here's than Here's Canada. what's great. They give you housing. They give you everything. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, feel, so, I feel like we've gone uh, quite off topic here. Might have, yes. So, uh... To summarize, abolish United States education system. A reformation is required. We need to abolish the government. Reformation. All right. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So thank you guys for watching this episode. If you want to follow us at the People's Podcast Seven on Instagram, we post great memes and we also have some quality posts about what's happening around the world. Also like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube like channel. Like and subscribe. Uh, Marshall, Smash that like. Marshall is always wrong and so is Asin. I am the only trustworthy person here. Roderick flips things right. upside down. And He's you, like Australia. No, what you need to do is abolish a bunch of taxes. Comment right. on what you think. Comment and like. Drop a comment. Signing Eight out. comments.